seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 124 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of things that affect players at and away from their computers and gaming tables. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 124 episodes, still have my dude, Brian Allen, with me. How are you doing, dude? Well, we, we think we're doing okay. Look, we're about to have another miniature freeze. <laughs> Man, I don't know what's up because we got a, a few snow flurries here the other day and, and like this morning. Granted, they didn't stick, but I mean, it's like 30 degrees outside, but it's sunny. So I don't know. Our weather's been much more comfortable and complimentary than y'all been getting down there. The kids are loving it, though, because, you know, it was, we had President's Day to start the week. So they basically went, I think, what, two days this week? Yeah, it's like another mini vacation. Because right now, I think uh, they, they're going to miss at least two days due to the storm, but they think they're going to go back uh, Friday. And when the teacher says, see y'all Friday, and one of the students spoke up, like, you really think you're going to see anybody Friday? <laughs> it's, it's one day, it's good. Yeah, nobody's coming back on Friday. Yeah, might as well just stay home at that point. Right. Well, yeah, before we get to the rest of the episode, let's remember to pay some love to our friends over at Cardsphere.com. A great place to buy and sell magic cards at the price you want. They have a whole list of stuff you can check out there, and it's easy to use. A little bit different, but it's easy. And they're big supporters of us and other magic content creators, so pay them some love and check them out. Also, if you want to support the show, you can hop over to patreon.com slash color of magic, and you could get a shout out on here just like the wizard staff, which is a Magic the Gathering podcast for EDH, for those of you who don't know. So it's cool to get support from another podcast, but they've been a supporter since July 2022. So I want to say thank you to them and go check them out. Go listen to them if you're into Commander stuff. Wait, did you say a supporter since July 2022? Or sorry, <laughs> July 2020. I don't know. I like, say. I don't, you know, COVID makes time not matter anyway. Like so, but yeah. They're almost in, in the beginning when we put it up. So like right. an OG for real. Yep. So, you know, thanks for that. And then if you want to get some other stuff, we do have things over at colorofmtg.com slash shop. If you want to get some tokens and playmats with our logos and our personal likenesses. So if you want to help promote the show as you get back to going to your local game stores and to events. Well, all right, let's get into this mess this week because we have a few things to cover. And on this one, this one, this is one of the, this is like a general PSA more than it is a rant. But when, like, okay, for, let me say first off, you don't have to comment on everything that comes across your screen. The hell you say? <laughs> exactly. Some people that just act like they do. Like, don't get me wrong. As a content creator, we love the interactions and the engagements. That is good for our numbers. It helps us promote things. You are appreciated. However, if you are going to interact, at least try to make up something that is related to what the comment and the topic is. That That's the thing. Because like... You're asking I'm, a lot of the internet, man. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Right? Latest example. This morning. I'm like... One of the ways I treat myself is with fancy soaps. I usually go to like a farmer's market or whatever locally, pick up a couple things and I have supplies for a couple months or whatever. Right. 
I'm running a little low. I'm like, you know what? Let me see if there's anybody in my mutuals list, my friends list on social media that I could support, right? Just doing something a little different. I know some people maybe aren't doing well money-wise or whatever, coming back from COVID or whatever. I'm like, let me help out their little small businesses, right? So I asked, hey, anybody in my social circles here, friends list, have any thing online where you sell fancy soaps, preferably in fruit scents, let me know. I get people like, oh, I once upon a time made a soap out of blah, blah. And I'm like, are you selling something or not? Right. Oh, well, I have this cousin or friend or whatever that does X, Y, Z. I'm like, yes, but they are not in my friend's group. <laughs> like, I want to support somebody that's supporting me. Like, I'm trying to do a good thing here. I'm trying to bless some people with some money. Like, I got so many random comments. And then and then here's another one. Here's another one. Somebody tagged Dr. Squatch, which you've probably seen those ads all over oh, the yeah. internet. They, right? those are, if you haven't, those are some really funny ads. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. But here's the thing. I said specifically, I am trying to support friends or whatever. To give me a national company to go buy something, I could have just done that. Worst case scenario, if I didn't know they existed, I could have Googled. You know what I mean? Like, why would you even? And now, as a creator, that puts me in a bad spot because I can't try to point something out to you in case I do want to partner up with them later. So now I just have to ignore the comment as a whole and act like I don't see it. Like, but there's been so many other times though where I'm like, hey, I have this. Like the other day, I was asking about uh, different mouses you use that are quiet, right? And people are just recommending like, oh, I really like this one. And I'm like, it's not quiet, though. Like, yeah, but it's my favorite one. I'm like, that doesn't solve my problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? What are y'all doing? Like, it's just like sometimes people and I get it. Some people just want to be heard. They want to be validated. They want to interact with people they like. Like, I totally get that. But at least try to keep the conversation on point because people are asking for real information sometimes. Like they're trying to make life decisions and choices and whatever. And you're not helping them. Like I let a lot of comments go through that I don't respond to. I'm just like, oh, that's neat. Or I might Believe like it, it or whatever. Not, Jill, I do too. <laughs> yeah. It may not seem like it. But you know, you just heart the comment or you retweet yeah. it or you like it or share it or whatever and just go on about your business. Like if I, and when I see stuff, like say what I posted, right? Where somebody's looking for a thing, if I don't know, I'll retweet it and just say like, hey, can somebody help this person out? Or whatever, because maybe somebody in my network knows something that they don't or whatever. That's all you got to do. And when you do have or even if you're just like, hey. You know, on the mousing, like, hey, I use this one, but when I was looking, I saw X, Y, Z that happened to also be a quiet mouse. You might want to check that. out. OK, cool. So now you still got to tell me about the one you like and you gave me some information on one I might be looking for. Cool. Right. Like you you posted what you wanted to, but you still gave me some information to help me out. Right. And I'm just using myself as an example. Like I see this type of stuff on the internet every day on everybody else's feeds as well that come across my stuff. But that's all we got to do, y'all. Just when you're going to post, just think about what you're posting and how you're helping. And oh, now one, I will go off on somebody on here, though, while I've still got the box. If you're going to post something smart alecky or sarcastic or whatever, be sure it's funny. Because when it's not, you just look like an ass. Especially when somebody's asking for help on something or they're looking for information to help them solve a problem or whatever. And you're like, ha ha, here's this weird left field comment. But and people are just kind of like, what's wrong with you? Seriously, like every time I see those, I am so tempted to just hit the block button on the person. 
I think I've only done it once, but I really, really want to every time I see it. I'm not going to lie. Like, because my first thought is like, what are you even doing right now? Like, if we were in a room and I asked this question and you made that comment, you would have to know at least five or six of us are just going to look at you like you're dumb. Right. So, like, I get it. You're, you think you're funny or whatever. But I mean, you know better than I do, Brian, being a comedian, whatever. Like, yeah, everybody thinks they're funny. Yeah. I'll say everybody. <laughs> but there, a lot there's of, a lot of people. Far that, too many people think they're funny. It's probably man, it's side rant as well. I can say that. If you list anywhere in your bio or anything that you are fluent in sarcasm, I just read that as you're an asshole. Sorry for the language, but <sighs> just, that just doesn't like. It says you lack empathy and whatever. Like, I just get nothing but negative vibes every time I see that. Like, like, like saying you're an alpha. Yeah, exactly. Like, same thing. That, that process is the same way in my head. That, that basically reads as somebody I need to watch out for now. Right? Like, that's basically it. Nothing positive comes from you posting that. But yes, you don't have to respond or comment on everything, especially when you have somebody looking for information. And I can tell you firsthand, every time I put those questions out there or whatever, they are sincere. I'm trying to fix something. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to create a thing. I'm looking to work with someone. And when you're just filling the feed with a bunch of crap that's unrelated, like you're not helping me. And I'm sure other people feel the same way. I can't speak for everybody, so I'm using myself as yeah, an example. Said, yeah, like, somebody asks, like, hey, I need a fence repaired. It's not time for you to try the new material. <laughs> you know, it's just ain't, Yeah, but I've seen stuff like that. Literally, I've seen stuff like where somebody's asking for something to fix something, and I think it was a bathroom thing. And people are like, oh, yeah, I just did a renovation last year, and we got new countertops. And it's like, why? What is that even like? What, is that like a weird? I'm gonna brag about my new countertops or something like. Right, like, countertop flex do? for people that care about countertops. Yeah, it's like what does that even do? Like the person still has their same shower issue you didn't help them fix. Like now, if you did that and recommended a company in their area, yeah, like, like are you offering to pay for my renovation? Yeah, like you if, you, if they'd have been like, hey, I got new countertops in my kitchen done by these guys, and they're really good, and they also do bathroom stuff. You may want to hook up with them. Here's their website. Okay, cool. But when you're just like bragging about your countertops and a picture, okay, what what does that do for anything? Like, so yeah, just be more helpful, y'all. Be more cognizant of what you're po- posting and be more aware of other people's time. Right? They're they're trying to fix things, solve problems, whatever. Like, be be empathetic to to people's situation before just trying to promote yourself. All right, that's all I got. I'm handing this off, Brian. All right, this one, I guess, started out as a what did you learn? And I guess at this point, it's become just a, a series of follow-up. What, what did we learn? Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Soapbox. I got my, yep, I got yep, my no, segments I got flipped. I got you. I got my segments flipped. But yeah, I talked a little while ago in one of my segments about South Lake City in Texas that is having some serious problems with racism. You know you're in bad shape when you're a relatively small suburb, yet uh, NBC does a whole podcast on your town (laughs) and its racial issues. That's where South Lake has gotten to. Started out with the... 
Well, I mean, there's been a lot of complaints for years. But one of the things I guess you would say went viral for all the wrong reasons was this video with a bunch of students uh, chanting the N-bomb and for some reason thinking they were funny. That kind of opened up a broader conversation. And at that point, just multiple people started coming forward and describing what their incidents had been like. And it was stuff that goes back to this point 20, 30 years or better. So they kind of start get, forming a cultural action committee and say, hey, what can we do about this? And some of the recommendations were hire a director of equity, you know, establish some kind of system where people can can report when they're discriminated against. You know, some of the usual things that are recommended in, in the situations like these. And boy, all you know what broke loose. We're not doing that. We're not teaching critical race theory. Nobody said that. Nobody said that's what you should do. You're creating diversity police. No, we're just trying to get you to be a little less racist, if if that's at all. Got to one point where uh, somebody in a school board meeting said, if you teach the Holocaust, you must make sure to teach both sides of the issue. Yep. (laughs) You know what, though? Not to interrupt you, but... That was the thing that came up. I think it was in Indianapolis. They had a thing, a bill they're trying to pass that actually in the bill said teachers cannot speak negatively about the Nazis and their actions. Just. I don't even understand. But anyway, continue. (laughs) It's mind blowing. This is where we're at, where you can't say out loud and we all are hopefully in agreement. Nazis are bad. That's what and then somebody tried to, which they realized the dumb thing that the official had said, tried to, you know, walk that back, <laughs> give them a second chance, and now they wouldn't take it. Oh, believe me, people are asking about it. People are saying, oh, <laughs> stop. Yeah. So, yeah, now the NAACP has filed a federal civil rights lawsuit. There were multiple steps the city could have taken, like all the ones recommended, you know, by the Cultural Action Committee to prevent it from getting to this point. But they said, nope to all that because we're not racist. Are you sure? I'm just saying, man, like every person I know around that area and well, really throughout most of Central and North Texas knows the reputation right like people who have played sports there i am those of us that have gone to tournaments there you know no store owners there whatever like everybody's aware like you you kind of watch yourself around the authorities like you know some of the locals may or may not feel right about you being in certain spots right and it sucks because as a gamer you're just like okay i just want to go hop in the store go do whatever right but like you know in that area like like people know right so when people there say like oh it's it's not racist where i'm like "Mm, everybody knows everybody they couldn't even put up a front and pretend to go through the motions for pretend for a year year and a half at least until nbc and the naacp go away they couldn't even get that done they couldn't that's, pretend. That's the, kicker. <laughs> that's the kicker. You're not even putting on airs to try to pretend or or make believe to get by for a little while, right? That they couldn't put up a front for six months. <laughs> yeah, mind blowing. That's just going to be an ongoing story for a while. Well, let's talk about some more interesting things because. 
You know the drill. Every week we try to find something new and different that we learn so we can share with the audience. So, Brian, what did you learn this week? Yeah, uh, as you may have heard, EA's Battlefield 2042 is uh, an utter disaster of a launch for many, many reasons. But uh, people, you know, when when highly paid executives get together and hold their meetings, they got to blame somebody. And it's usually never (laughs) the highly paid executives. So uh, it it apparently the the meeting where they were kind of, you know, unpacking what went wrong with Battlefield 2042 they blamed Halo. You know, Halo Infinite came out of closest, even though Halo Infinite is having all kinds of problems. And apparently neither of these games, if you ask the company how many copies they've sold, neither company will give you a straight answer. Cause that's, that's where it is. Both of these get Halo, not as bad as Battlefield. Cause apparently Halo at least works properly. Part of Battlefield's problem is that the game is full of bugs and it's barely in a, a workable state. But it had dependent on somebody, I guess. You know, though, we could actually say it might be worse for Halo because Halo at least has a TV show. Right. That they're trying to use to market the game, and that's not really moving the needle for them. And if we compare the two, you know, Halo is just that brand that we, we wouldn't we wouldn't be in this current generation. I mean, Xbox probably ends at console number one if Halo, not even probably, if Halo doesn't come out. Microsoft probably is one console and done. They just don't. But Halo became not just a game, but a cultural phenomenon, really. Oh, yeah. Halo was almost, I would say, borderline gold standard for at least five years. Yeah. It's one of those games where even if you don't play video games or you don't play that genre, you're probably familiar with Halo. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So the brands don't compare, but (laughs) I think a lot of it is just, you know, first person shooters, especially the non Call of Duty first person shooters are not the dominant game in the genre anymore. I agree with you. I haven't been been... since Fortnite came out, really. (laughs) Yeah, I've been pitching that for a while, that the idea of first person battle shooters had been slipping for a while. Like, you'd been seeing less press about it. You'd be seeing less of the top streamers playing them. Like, it was just becoming a thing that, like, they'd just been overdone. And we'd worn out most of the good themes you could do for them, right? Yeah, we've gone to every war. We've done World War II in Vietnam so many times. I don't know what else you could possibly do to to freshen it up. It's just... I mean, you like there's still mission style games like Rainbow Six or yeah. whatever that you're able to do, but that's that's kind of it. Even Rainbow Six, you know, kind of threw up their heads. Like, what do we do for the next game? Aliens. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of gotta. Tom Clancy's not with us anymore, so he can't complain about it because <laughs> I'm sure he would have. Well, yeah, but I, I'm at the point, and I told you this, you know, off air, is that like I'm mostly looking at even non first person perspective games at all yeah because that's feels like 80 percent plus of the market these days so i mean even just stuff done from the first person perspective is starting to wear on me a little bit and i'm definitely way off of the first person like shooter battle type games for real so i get it i mean i don't now i don't think i'm representative of all the video gamers by any stretch mm-hmm. but i totally get where people's kind of i don't know lack of excitement comes from and even the people that are diehard EA and Battlefield fans will tell you this is a dumpster fire. <laughs> just, yeah. 
when EA not only won't brag about their numbers, but won't tell you what the numbers are, that's pretty much all you need to know. Yep. Because if they move 10 million, they'll happily tell you they move 10 million. Oh, of course. They, they love to tell you when the numbers are great. Yeah. Well, I get to take, I was going to say a W, but this is like the smallest of W's <laughs> <laughs> this, this week. Because rewinding to, I don't know, maybe two decades ago at this point, I remember the first time I saw Lindsay Lohan's name, I had pronounced it as Lowen. And I had multiple people, and I guess at the time, they were really big fans of hers, like correcting me, saying like, no, you idiot, it's Lohan. And I'm like, oh, my bad, right? It's Lohan. Well, just yesterday, Lindsay Lohan gets on TikTok and is like, hey, everybody, I'm on TikTok now doing new social media, blah, blah, blah. And says, and I have a secret I want to share with you that y'all probably didn't know. Y'all have been saying my name wrong all this damn time. And guess what? It's pronounced... Lowen. <laughs> so I'm vindicated 20 years after the fact. But yeah, uh, just a weird random thing that like she decided to finally hop on the hot social media. I don't know what she plans to do or whatever, but I just thought that was really funny. That and it's a little W for you. It looks like big W for Lindsay. Cause she's really doing well. She's apparently got a new movie coming out. Yeah. So, I mean, good for her. She really seems like after a time where she was struggling, she is just really living her best life right now. So, yeah. And not to bust on her, but that's like a real, like back from rehab story. Yeah. You know, cause we, we kind of had one with like Robert Downey Jr. You know, yeah. cause he went through his whole drinking stuff. He, or whatever. he definitely did. Yeah. But like, it's nice to see women get that shine, too, when it's like, hey, you know, she's been through some things, too. And even she was even younger when she went through her stuff. Yeah. The you stories know, so I, about child stars, you know, we all know. Yeah. So By I think way, that's a uh, real big deal. On, on child stars, Jaleel White, probably better known as Steve Urkel, has a podcast talking where he talks about the child stars, you know, who survived and some of the ones who didn't. So that's a, a great one to listen to. Yeah, he actually invites a lot of them on even. Yeah. Which is pretty so, cool. Because I mean, that, that was really work somebody should have been doing. And of course, who better do it than somebody that went through all of that? Yeah. And that dude, man, he is so chill. Right. Like, it's kind of cool. Like. There's sometimes where you see actors or actresses and you kind of just go like, yeah, but I know they're not like that in person. You know what I mean? Like they're they're doing their job or whatever. But like, it's cool that like, no, he really is that nice. Like every yeah. interview I've seen, every person talks about like running into him in the mall or whatever, like nothing but cool stories. Like even other celebrities that have met him, you know, he's got stories about like hanging out at like Jordan's house and whatever. Yeah. And like every person's got a cool story about him. So I'm like, cool that he wasn't wrecked by Hollywood and he was able to turn it into something. And he got like, he got just one of the great second chances of all time, because apparently he was supposed to be Rudy on the Cosby show. But then Keisha Knight Pulliam came in, crushed her audition. And actually he came out better with family matters because it became his show. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really wonderful show. That's one where it worked out for both parties. Yeah. Like you love seeing that. Most people didn't call it family matter, especially like, you know, <laughs> our black aunts and uncles like turn on Urkel. <laughs> Ooh, random saying? thing to attach to. What did we learn? I did learn this yesterday as well. Apparently, T.I. almost had the lead role in Drumline instead of Nick Cannon. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently that's totally true. He Nick Cannon was on a show uh, with T.I. and they were talking about it. It's like 
Yeah, the one time because it was like. like he was bragging about like the one time he beat T.I. at something. Yeah, that, that was one of his first big roles, too. That kind of turned him into, okay, yeah, his Nick Cannon can do things. Other than yep. Nickelodeon. Well, all right, let's get into some other topics of the news because some are good, some are bad, some are just there. But uh, let's talk about them. So remember, like, I guess about a month ago, I was telling you about how we had this meeting with Facebook with the black gaming creators and decided we weren't going to do tournaments, but we were talking about how you can spotlight people, you know, and like, Hey, let's direct people to their efforts and things like that. So Facebook decided, Hey, we're going to do like two weeks of just features during black history month. So everybody can sign up. You get this little vignette if you want, you know, and then during your time slot, they'll be doing promotions to send people to your streams. They'll make sure you're live and promoted on their main page like basically get you in front of people, get people to you, right? And you have a couple different options on how you want to interact with it, which great, good effort. This is what we should be doing. Makes sense. Black History Month, blah, blah, all that, right? No problems. Or so you would think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a creator on Facebook gaming that goes by A1C underscore tank or otherwise just known as tank. He decided... In the process, because the way they had it set up is they had like a calendar thing, a calendar set up, and they had a, a thing where you could go and submit stuff and make sure all your information's accurate, all this. He, being well aware of what this effort was for, and by the way, this is not a black person by any stretch of the imagination, decides he's going to get his information in there so he could get a feature. Well, of course, people that were looking for different people to follow and different features kind of went, uh the hell why is this white dude just up here so of course multiple other people went like hey did you know that they're just a white dude on the feature page right now <laughs> like when we've been looking every day for black people to follow or whatever so that went on obviously there was a follow-up with facebook and whatever and then before we go any further let me say this like yes this could have been prevented and is somewhat a fault of facebook somebody there my guess is it was likely some mid-level employee or some intern that just had to, you know, they got to information on person number 50 or whatever for the month and just didn't verify it or whatever. Fine. But in reality, Tank still shouldn't have done it. Now, there is part of us in the group that said, like, well, maybe he wasn't fully aware that this was just a Black History Month whatever thing. Because that's possible. I mean, not likely, but possible. However, he then decided to follow up with this message. First of all, I want to thank you who showed up tonight and gave love on the stream, blah, blah, you know, just basically saying thank you, my community, whatever. But then says, there are some negative posts being made about tonight's stream, and I want to stay as far away from the drama as possible and keep this a healthy and safe community. So I've removed tonight's stream from my page. Thank you all for the support. Looking forward to seeing you on this fam on the next stream, blah, blah. The problem there is he already got all the reach from it. He already got all the attention from it. Deleting the stream doesn't do a damn thing and he knows it. Right? You already got all the people that came and saw you. The people are going to follow, followed, whatever. 
like literally took a spot and all those spots filled up. So there are definitely some black creators. Like I purposely didn't get on it because I knew there were some other creators that wanted some or whatever. But there was some it filled up and there was, uh, there was a spot that got taken from another up and coming black creator because he was on it. And his follow up is like, oh, people are being negative about me being on the thing. I'm just going to delete. The, yeah, the stream <laughs> being negative about you stealing a spot from a black creator as they should be. Yes. During Black History Month. And, like, he, that's and the it thing. is essentially, you know, theft of, of yeah. times, service, you know, a space then, that was supposed to be for someone else. The more I looked into this dude, I realized he didn't even need the shine. Makes it makes it make even less sense. He has already 75,000 followers on Facebook gaming. I didn't check his other stuff, but just on one platform, he has 75,000 people. So he doesn't even need it. Like, at least if you were some new person and, you know, maybe you only had a few hundred, maybe a thousand or two thousand, whatever. You're trying to make a name. Like, I still wouldn't agree with it, but I at least kind of understand your motivation. But this is just you being shady. Like, you know damn well what you were doing. Then when you got called out on it, you tried to ignore the stuff while it was live, and then you see it's still continuing afterward. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to delete the stream, and we're going to act like it didn't happen. Delete the evidence for all intents yeah. and purposes. Like, and really, you know what he could have done? I'd been like, yo, I just saw this pop up. I didn't realize this was, even if, hell, you could have just lied to me, honestly. You could have right. just been like, I wasn't aware this was a Black History Month activation. I understand why y'all are mad now. Like this is a spot that definitely could have went to a black creator or whatever, or hell even better. You don't even have to lie to me. You could just been like, Hey, look, I get why people are mad. I want to make good. Let me feature some black people on my channel for the next week or whatever. I'm going to reach out to some people, whatever, you know, whatever, right. Just make good by the community. That's it. That's all you have to do. That would have been a phenomenal way to turn it around. Yeah. That's all you had to do. Just like, yep. I made a bad decision. I screwed up, but here's what I'm going to do to make good by all. That's it. You do, and it would have been over. He would have featured people, maybe play some games with them, you know, let them host on his channel for a while, whatever. Right. Could have done that. Four or five people over the next week would have been a okay. People would have been like, you're all right, man. You messed up. You learned from it. Cool. But man, this, this is a bad look. And of course, like I said, they're following up with Facebook. I think the Black Facebook uh, gaming group, there's having a, I think they're trying to schedule a meeting with Facebook as well to further discuss it, along with the other issues from last week. So, yeah, man, just uh, uh, just one of those ones. It's like, there's always going to be those people. There's There's always bad actors, no matter what you're trying to do, no matter how positive it is. Like I said, could blame Facebook. Don't get me wrong. Like somebody should have well, double checked. I mean, uh, unless he has posted whether he is black or because you can't tell by looking at someone. Oh, no, no. He's definitely not like it, nowhere, shape or form has it ever been brought up. Look like reference like because I went and looked because <laughs> I did the same thing you did. I was like, ah, maybe, you know, maybe. But no. And. He is in no way, shape, or form tried to deny or claim otherwise or whatever. So he knows. Like, he knows damn well what happened. And like I said, it's a bad look. It's a real bad look. And it probably never even occurred to anybody at Facebook that somebody white would try to jump in line. It's just, well, I, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's kind of my thing, right? Like, 
I can see why somebody wouldn't have double checked any yeah. of the links or whatever, right? You just be like, okay, yeah, that's, that's one of those you just yeah, you, and, you don't think he, you just it's obviously a Black History presentation. You just would not expect anybody. And now they know, I guess. Yeah, and to be fair, it was probably somebody on the back end just setting up all the links, setting yeah. the schedule together, whatever. They're not looking at anybody's different pages or whatever. No. They're just copying links and putting stuff in the code and whatever they need to do, right? So I don't blame them. It's really the bad actor you have to be mad at, right? Because, and to be fair, the way I understand it, like he had to have gone out of his way to also have gotten access to that. So not only did, like, it wasn't a thing that was just mailed to every partner or whatever. Like it was to certain people. This is so, kind of a, I guess, a becoming an industry issue because apparently TikTok was going to do. Uh, do you hear a bizarre noise? <laughs> no, you're good. Okay, I mean, I heard a strange noise. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> you just have ghosts in your house. Okay, but yeah, TikTok was going to do a black creator meet with Nicki Minaj, and same thing happened. They apparently had multiple white creators jump in line and take up spots. So that, that was a disaster also. So I guess now it's a thing you got to be aware of when you set your Black History Month event. Hey, send out warnings. and tell Seriously, white creators, these events are not to promote you. Please don't try to jump the line. Oh, yeah. And, and again, we're already seeing black creators content get suppressed as it is. Right. Like actively. Like, any of you that spend time on TikTok, like, have you wondered why when the captions people put in come up, like they misspell things or they use weird words or phrases while they're talking? Like they're using euphemisms a lot or whatever. It's not to censor or edit themselves. It's because they know there are triggers that are getting their stuff suppressed. Like that's literally a thing that's happening. And we have seen so many different examples of that. So it's like, you're already fighting against that. And now you have people taking away the few times you're actually going to get spotlighted to get your stuff out there in front of people. It's like, yeah, of course that's annoying and frustrating to folks. Like you're doing the one thing, like even in our case, right? We're like, okay, cool. We talked with Facebook. We're able to get them to do this thing to help people out. So all these other issues get put to the wayside and you get a guaranteed spotlighted feature to get traffic. And then this happens from a person who already gets a lot of traffic. It's like, yeah, uh, when, come on, man. When you told me how many, you know, how, how much reach he has, I was just. And don't get me wrong. 75K is not like balling out of control, but, but it's you, way far ahead enough that you can get all types of sponsorship deals yeah. and whatever. And like, yeah. So I don't know, man. It's it's a frustrating thing. It's enough to where you should know better than this. <laughs> yep. And we talked about Star City Games bringing their, I guess if you want to call it, competitive coverage, competitive writing. Uh, that level of stuff, that tone of stuff is kind of being sunsetted and removed from their website. Well, this week we started seeing kind of the last wave of articles starting to come. I believe they're going to be releasing this week and through next week because uh, they gave everybody till the end of the month. Yeah. But you're getting a whole kind of variety of articles right now. You know, Definitely. some stuff. That's funny. Some stuff that's just people recanting their like favorite stuff or favorite events or favorite articles they wrote. Some that are being very sad and remorseful yeah. of just like end of an era. Like, hey, I've done this for like 10 years or 12 years. And like, this is it. 
You know what I mean? I don't know what I'm going to do after this, or am I going to write for somebody else or whatever? So it's yeah. kind of interesting just to see all the perspectives of the writers plus how people are responding to them. Yeah. Daddy, it was you know, been fun for me, just, you know, somebody that kind of wasn't there because some of these people have been there since the beginning or certainly have put in more time in the magic community than I have. So it just it's great to to look back and see some of that history. Yeah, that's the fun part about stuff like this is you kind of get the nostalgia notes triggered a little bit. You get to say like, hey, if you aren't aware of why this person's been writing for this long, here's their best pieces. You know, their yep. greatest hits, if you want to go back and check that out. So that's kind of fun. And I mean, I've worked for uh, more than one gaming publication or website that is shut down. So I got a fair amount of experience here. And yeah, it's just as many of the people these articles talk about, you know, kind of when you get hired to cover the thing you love, if it's video games or card games, you kind of you go in knowing this is great, but probably at a moment's notice, this could go away. Yeah, because you know for this, sure. this this isn't your local TV station. This isn't the New York Times. These these are things where winds change. As what's happening right now, you know, with with magic, it just pretty, pretty sites sites get shuttered or sites go a different way. It's part of the business. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at, right? Like it's on the one hand, it is sad, right? Because some people have been doing this forever. You know, some people this has been their livelihood forever. And losing that or having to move on from that is tough, like no matter how you look at it. But the other part is like, yeah, for some of them, it was a pretty long run. Yeah. You know, longer than a lot of people get. And we've talked about it on this show off and on for a while now that just the wins in the gaming community, not even just magic communities, but in the gaming communities has just shifted, right? People aren't all in on esports anymore. People aren't only talking about the top level player. Hell, we've had more stories about top streamers than we had about some of the best people in the games those streamers play. Yeah. You know, like we're, hell, we're talking about like Ninja and, you know, all them folks. And I couldn't even tell you who the top like competitive hell on a lot of games right now. I'm like, they're going to my head. Oh, yeah. I can name maybe a handful. But I can't tell I you many Ni of the top players in a lot I of games. I think Ninja play. is still considered to be one of the best Fortnite players. I don't know that he runs, you know, just a whole bunch of competitive stuff, but I think he's still. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly <laughs> would expect to get shot by him multiple times. Yeah, he doesn't do it. Hell, lately there was there were some streams with uh, T Pain right? playing playing Fortnite and stuff, and that's getting a lot of attention, yep. right? But how many people can name the last time they watched? the group of top you know players for that game or what we would call that right but we've watched 20 other people play it yeah that brought more attention and i think companies are just coming around now i'm not saying there's no place for competitive play. i think there is there's always going to be some part of your community that wants that it is something to talk about i think the problem though becomes how much do you invest in it as a company yeah right like is it still worth it to have million dollar tournaments when you Maybe. get streamers that can you know you bring you the same amount of eyes for basically from your company free they're usually getting sponsored yeah. by somebody else in both you know card gaming 
and video gaming. But as I, Brian, I saw Brian Kibler mention this on Twitter, you know, what is Wizards incentive to pay a professional player $70,000 when Crokies brings them the same amount of eyes and customers and they don't have to pay him a dime. But even if they wanted to do something special, right, and get attention on a thing, you just go to Crokies and be like, hey, we'll give you 10 k We'll work with you to promote a thing at this time. We want to reveal this on your stream or whatever, one of your tournaments. Cool. Yep. You're going to get the same number of eyes or more sometimes with less work. Day, right? day to day, who's paying croquis? You know, the people yeah. watching his stream. So the players are basically covering Wizards, not just Wizards, but, you know, Activision and yeah, lots absolutely. of other people basically promoting the game for them. And if they're willing to pay you, to, to marketing, do marketing for you as a company, you let them. And remember, it's not just the prize money you're paying because especially, let's say even for video games, right? You get people together for League of Legends. You probably flew everybody in, right? So you paid for some amount of their plane tickets or whatever. So that's a cost. Possibly hotels. That's a thing. You probably have some amount of catering there as well for each day, right? So you're paying for that. You have the venue rental, wherever you're hosting it. So that's cost you something for a whole weekend. Well, that's usually in the ballpark for what the space that they need. Tens of thousands, right? You have your own staff you're paying because you got to pay people for three extra days. So you're hoping they're at least on salary or something. Yeah. You know, so you got to cover all that. And then shipping for all your equipment, your backdrops, whatever. If those aren't items that already exist, you also have to build stage framing and all that stuff and whatever your set framing. Like there's a lot that goes into these events. I mean, there's literally people's jobs that that's all they did was organize stuff that goes at like big presentations. Well, if you don't have to do that anymore and you can take 10% of that budget and get the same amount of reach, like I get it. I'm not saying I like it, but I get it. And it's tough because we're kind of that because the thing is in magic, like the biggest thing, the reason Star City was willing to pay, say people like Kibler or whoever, you know, top names to come right for them is the idea is you would do well in a tournament. You come right to them, tell them about your tournament, why you chose the deck, whatever. And then they link the cards of the deck and then they get a bunch of sales from you posting an article, right? People click the button. I want to buy this deck. Those cards go into your cart. You hit the button. You have cards in a couple of days. That was the goal, right? So even if they were paying you a couple thousand a month to write for them or whatever, you were generating, hopefully, you know, eight, ten, twenty thousand dollars in sales by existing. The problem now, though, is a lot of people are getting random card tips from watching duds like me stream a random deck in a commander game. You know, they're following different YouTubers and going like, oh, they're saying like this is a cool card to play in this deck, or this is a hot thing, or whatever. And people are hopping onto their favorite website and buying. Like they're not getting their card advice and stuff from the top players. And and this comes back to, I think, the top players not really being personalities. And it's you there you got to be able to draw people in and market yeah. or whatever outside of just the thing you're doing for that website. And once the event slowed down, everybody went, wait, so we're still making plenty of money even without these guys? Right. Like, okay, well, now what do we do? Right. And this kind of leads us down this road. And this is something we talked about, right, where we saw scaling coming down in a lot of games. Hell, we saw some esports organizations cutting some chaff from their teams and whatever. Right. Yeah. They're not wanting to carry as many people anymore or whatever. 
this is becoming a normal thing in the industry. Now, is that to say, again, that big organized play shouldn't exist? No, not at all. I think it should be around. It's probably going to be a thing down the road. COVID messed a lot of things up, but I think it's all getting revamped. And we're going to see a lot of differences as this year progresses going into next year about what the new scene looks like on the competitive side for a lot of these games. But it is sad. You know, I do have empathy for all those people at Star City that are kind of being forced to move on at this point. But I don't hold any ill will towards Star City for it. I know some people are still like, well, if they're making money and they're running these tournaments, why aren't they? Like, come on. Like, they basically said the same words we did. That, you know, they're just not making the money off these people putting up the articles anymore. And that's how a lot of them are getting paid. So what do you do? I mean, they've they've rode it out through most of the pandemic. And and Channel Fireball, they changed their whole business model during the pandemic. So I get it. It's just the winds of change, unfortunately. Like I get yeah. it. People just, you know, aren't aren't gonna be beating down your door, I guess, for the deck that they're gonna play at Friday Night Magic. It's just Yeah. And and we have tons of other tournaments coming up, so people don't necessarily have to wait for results to show up on one of the major sites anymore. You can go to MTG Melee. You can go to MTG Top Eight. You can like there's tournament results constantly and deck lists you can look at. Like the the way we interact with a lot of our stuff is just different. But Star City says they do have a plan. They're apparently planning to bring in some other writers or presenters. I don't. We don't know what the plan is yet. I guess they're going to start rolling it out next month and we'll see but yeah just kind of end of an era i think when you when you try to think about like where do eras change and whatever like this is kind of a changing of the guard here over at star city you know we'll see who the the new people are as things kick off i guess well you know we've talked about how we feel about events and going back to events or even our local game stores, really, depending on which stores we're talking about. And Twitch announced this week, or maybe last week, but either way, TwitchCon got announced, and they have two events they're going to do, one in Amsterdam in July, and tickets for that go on sale in April, and one in San Diego in October, and tickets go on sale on this summer. And... I started thinking, like, how do I feel about it? Because, like, this is kind of a sign, right? This is one of the big international groups saying, like, hey, international events and local events, like, we're committing to this now. Because we've had a few regional groups try to do their thing or whatever as we've kind of progressed through the pandemic. But, like, I feel like maybe there's others that I don't know about. But this feels like the first big international one that's saying, like, okay, this is it. We're in. We're doing this. You know, and... Like I said, I did the Hunter Burt Memorial Open. I'm probably going to do that again here next month. But I'm mostly in the announcing booth. I don't have to be deep in a crowd of people. Like, that doesn't really bother me that much. But, like, am I ready to go back to a full-on convention with thousands of people milling about? You know, like, I don't know. But come October, I probably will be. I say that with a question mark. Yeah, like, everything's everything's got a question mark right now. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a weird time. Like I feel like when tickets go on sale, I'll still buy some because I'm assuming that'd be like June, July when they go on sale, and that still give me at least three months 
to kind of decide if I really want to go go to San Diego or whatever in October. And if I decide not to go, I'm sure selling the ticket won't be that difficult. So I'm willing to commit to that. But I feel like, you know, hell, if y'all are even getting COVID numbers down in Texas right now, I'm like, well, maybe we'll be all right by then. I don't think it'll be like a COVID-free world, but I don't think that's ever going to be a thing. I think it's always going to be a thing. We just got to get good about dealing with it, protecting ourselves, whatever. But yeah, I don't know how you, how do you feel, Brian? Like this is like the first announcement from a big company saying like, no, internationally, we're doing our events. I mean, I'm wanting to get out there just because there there's stories I want to write and I got to kind of see how things are going. You know, as we, as we just talked about, you know, Star City and things changing, there's content I want to create where, yeah, I got to go out there and kind of just, and this is something that I've been curious about is like, how does everything kind of roar back to life? So I to write those stories. I got to get and do those YouTube videos. I got to get out there. Yeah. And see, and that's where I've been during this whole thing is trying to decide at what point do I have to just justify like, okay, this is my living now. Like I do have to take a chance sooner or later. Like when is that? Because I'm with you. Like, I think even just walking around TwitchCon and like doing a video of that would be cool for people to be like, Hey, here's this booth and these people. And here's this person you see on streams doing a presentation or whatever. And like, Hey, I hung out with this cool person. You, you know, they see you take a picture with them or whatever, right? That would be fun for people. And I think it'd be good engaging content and maybe, and I'm told that a lot of people do some networking and they learn a lot being at, TwitchCon. And that's kind of my thing. Like, if I feel like I can learn more about, like, just the inner workings, maybe I understand more about why some of the things are implemented on Twitch the way they are, whatever. Maybe that makes my content better. Right? So, there's a value to going that. Now, I don't know if I just go to every random big nerd convention, because we have a lot in this area. So, like, probably not. But something like TwitchCon, I feel like there's other value there that I should be going anyway. So, Right now, I'm tentatively in. Like I said, I think I'm at least mentally committing to buying the ticket at least. And then giving myself from then probably another like six weeks to buy the plane ticket, you know, whatever. I'll just rent an Airbnb and rent a car. So I'm not too worried about being at a nearby hotel. Though I did see hotels, apparently, you can already make reservations. Okay. <laughs> Which some of them are expensive and selling out nearby, but that's the case for every big convention. But I did find that interesting that they're like, yeah, you can't get tickets yet, but here's links to the hotels if you want to go ahead and just start filling up rooms. So kind of funny how that works out. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll rent or split an Airbnb with somebody. You know, I don't know. I'll figure it out. But yeah, I think I, I think I'm saying I'm going to cross my fingers and say, like, I think I'm in for TwitchCon for this year, at least in San Diego. No way in hell I'm going to Amsterdam right now yet. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Not yet. Now, unless you were under a rock, uh, you know, there's been pretty much the hype uh, late last week was about a company that goes by Alta Fox. Decide they're, they're a minority owner in Hasbro, minority being two and a half percent, which to just level set things, 2.5% is not a large part of a company. However, when it's a company the size of Hasbro, that is a large amount of money. I believe it's still like two hundred and fifty or $350 million. So it's not chump change. I mean, 2.5% is still a lot. 
but they have come forward and said, hey, we would like Hasbro to break off Wizards of the Coast so we could just invest in them separately and try to double or triple our money over the next three to four years. And that in and of itself is like, eh, okay, sure. But then they're trying to suggest things that should be done or that they want to do by quoting Reddit polls. <laughs> which, okay. I mean, I guess if you have no other information to use, then I guess you use what's available. But let's be honest. One, we know how people are on Reddit. And two, we also know that the Reddit community does not represent even 1% of the actual gaming population, most likely. So at least of those that engage in the polls on Reddit. So that already makes it a little weird. But then they were like, okay, well, we're going to go try to bring in John Finkel, who is a known pro player. He has good standing with the community, blah, 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 who also happens to be, I believe his, he works for a hedge fund. I believe he's a hedge fund manager. If I'm wrong, feel free to call me out on it, but I believe that's his job. So I get what they're aiming for, saying, hey, we're going to get somebody who is one of them effectively to get the favor of, of the magic players. And we're going to try to put, get him a seat on the board. What do so you we mean? Have some you people? <laughs> it, that, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're doing. And the reason this is like, I get it. People trying to be on board, like, Oh, they're going to come fix everything. They're going to be our white knights and both. No, they're not. They are a hedge fund. Their primary concern is to make a whole bunch of money. Yeah. They, they have done this with other companies for go look at their history. They have done this with other companies where they try to get somebody on the board. Same plans. As a matter of fact, to the word, they almost quoted the exact same things as their logic and reasons why they want to do what they're doing. Now, if there are points where, you know, improving magic will make them more money, then, yeah, they'll do it. Then. Sure. <laughs> but Absolutely. They, but it's, Absolutely. It, it is not their primary goal. And I would say that John Finkel is going to be, I would hope, less likely than your average hedge fund person to just be willing to set fire to things for short-term profit. Yes, but, that is the good part. Yeah. I agree with you there. That is the good part. But literally, they have a playbook for this. If you go look at some of their past investment, they've literally basically said the same things, that we feel like you weren't maximizing profits, that you weren't doing this, that you were not. It's almost to the word the same thing. And then same actions, like they took actions to try to get one of their people onto the board. And whatever. And then they ran the company up over, I believe it was three years. Mm -hmm. And then we're just like, cool, now we need to cash out some of these. There like, is a playbook is for, you know, taking over companies and yeah, spinning them off and making a whole bunch of money. I believe it's going to be the same thing here. Now, don't get me wrong. Can they make some things better? Sure. But, you know, when people are like, oh, but organized play and blah, blah, like, whiz, like we've talked about it here before. Like, I don't think they go out of the way to hire Huey if they don't already have a plan for organized play. Right. I think there's already something in the works yeah. anyway, with or without Alta Fox, with or without Finkel. So I don't know. But to just be silly and be upset about Withers trying to make all this money and Hasbro showing record profits, like you do realize they are trying to do exactly that. <laughs> like literally said, this is the whole reason we want to do it. So we can invest in this and we can make even more money. That's literally their goal that they have said. Not even hiding it, y'all. They're no. saying it plain as day. So Aaron, it's weird that people are just like, magically, we're going to trust these people to fix everything. I don't understand. I, I, you know, I think, as you said, it's the, the love that people have for John Finkel. I guess. But, man, it's just like, come on. 
And like I said, I'm not going to say they can't fix some things and make some things better and there won't be a few decisions here or there that we like. They probably would. But the other reality is this. It looks like a unique situation to us, but this is something that happens with businesses fairly regularly out there. Like you have some investor, whether it's a person or a company that has a percentage and they try to exercise their strength or their leverage to try to get what they want or whatever. This isn't completely new. Like, let's be real. And the other part of it is, we may be talking about a thing that has no weight at all because the Hasbro board might just be like, yeah, you nope. can go get F. <laughs> like, they might. I mean, really, they just be like. In a whole press release, Hasbro board says get F. Yeah, that, that could just be the quote. Like nothing else, right? Just says get F. That's it. End of story. One line. That'd, right? be, my, that'd be my new favorite company. <laughs> but, but they could. I mean, that's yeah, a thing that could. could still happen. Or they could just be like, hey, we're tired of your crap distracting <laughs> us. We're just going to offer to just buy all your shares at plus 10% or something. Just you make some extra money and we get rid of you. And they said that's a, that's a good outcome for them, too. I yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, But I mean, there's things that can still happen is basically what I'm saying that may have all like literally just a story to light a fire under some people that may never even be anything so on the one hand it's like i get it they're they're doing what they're gonna do business wise but eh, i can't be excited about it you know people have asked me about it and i'm like there's not a lot like even this this is kind of the most we can say about it because who knows even what direction anybody on the board or at hasbro is thinking what's the reality of it happening uh i mean i'd give it like 20% 20% odds. I'm not going to say it's like nothing impossible that would never happen, but it would take a lot of people to feel like a lot of them could all make more money at it. We need you to go like uh, the mad money. <laughs> you know, just screaming and uh, things flying around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throwing my papers or whatever. Yeah. Like, we need other- you to sell free. And, oh, and by the way, there is a a website they've started called Free the Wizards. If you want to yeah, see, yeah, I video. saw that. That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, like the only thing I could pin this on that why it's even a thing is from what I could find, it didn't look like Alta Fox did particularly great on a lot of not a lot on some of their investments over the last couple of years, probably due to COVID or whatever. So I don't think this is just like bad business on their part or whatever. But doing their job, trying to make more money, they probably went, hey, we did this over here before and it worked. Maybe we could leverage some of this with Hasbro and make this into a bunch of money. Kind of makes sense. I could see that being a thing. Plus, combine that with the fact that everybody was all good with Hasbro and their money this year. But then when Hasbro says, well, in 2022, we're probably only going to have like mid single digit growth. When they've been showing double digit growth last couple of years, but they've also said like, hey, we had this issue with the the Disney Princesses contract. Like, we had to push back some movie efforts from their AllSpark studio, which we know every time they put out. Well, if you don't know, every time they put out a Transformers movie, they make a lot of money, right? The Transformers movies make hundreds of millions of dollars. They sell a bunch of related merchandise, toys, T-shirts, whatever. So, knowing you had to push a Transformers movies off to 2023, you can't count that money on the books as a possibility of happening because it's probably not right so i get it i don't think hasbro's wrong for saying that plus you have a new ceo so you're you're purposely making a statement that puts minimal pressure on him right because if you say like hey we're gonna do 12 percent estimated growth next year and you come back at like seven which is still really good yeah people would be like yeah but we only invested because you said it was going to be 12 and now it's only seven and then now stocks drop because you didn't meet your targets or whatever right 
But if you set people up and say, ah, we're probably going to do like five to seven this year. And you end up doing 10, everybody's like, oh, that's a, that's an awesome. Y'all exceeded expectations, right? So I get why they said what they said and why they're doing what they're doing. Like there's just some some business speak and some smart planning there to say like, mm, we know some of the money we would like to have is not going to happen this year. Let's not put pressure on the new CEO too much. Let's just tell people we're going to do this. Well, under promise. And if we over deliver, everybody's a winner. And if we don't, and you come in right in your window, you say, well, this is what we told you last year we were going to do. You know, so I get it. There's a lot of factors there that kind of got everybody riled up. Again, does it become anything? I have no idea, but I'm not going to say. I think I don't think the odds are great of it going down that road, but I'm not going to remotely say it's impossible. I'm, I'm willing to say it's a good like 20 to 25 percent chance. And then we'll just see what happens after that. But for now. I, I think things are mostly in a fine place. I don't think too many people want to rock the boat. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But that's all the facts I have as far as I know right now. So I hope it helps some people out. But I mean, my personal opinion. Is it weird to say I don't really care because I can't control it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, like, I mean, this is rich people playing rich people games. And we're just caught in the middle. Which happens hey. with a lot of businesses. Yeah. I mean, people with literally billions of dollars to play with, hundreds of millions invested, are making decisions that they're basically playing each other on how much money can you make me? You know, like that has nothing we can do. We're just going to play the game at the end of the day, whatever's put in front of us. Is it cool if we get some cool products? Yeah. yeah. If we get some big events with some big prizes? Absolutely. Like, I'm all for it. Now, is it going to happen because of a result of this or stuff that's already going on? Like, who knows, right? Unless you're inside the walls of each of those companies, we're not going to know what's coming down the pipe. It's probably safe to say Alta Fox not going to re- recommend paying pros a whole bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, or that's, paying anyone a whole bunch of money because that is that's bad for their bottom line. Yeah, that's not happening Un- unless you they somebody comes with a way that paying them is tied to getting them to heavily promote the game or draw people in, I don't think you're going to see them drop. Because, I mean, like we did the math, they had to be a million dollars plus Wizards dropped on just pros. You know, like that's that's not going to happen unless they find a way to leverage that into more money, more sales. Now, if they do, great. That's a win yeah. for everybody. Like I am on board. If you can find a way to pay, pay them that much money and still turn even more profit because that exists, then great. I say we do it. But if they can't, I don't think that we're going to go back to that. I just don't think that's where we are. I think you're better off, you know, just going back to having the tournaments. Tournaments can have big prizes, yeah, even bigger prizes than before, but you're not paying a group of people yearly salaries, you know, and appearance fees and whatever just to be there. Right? You're at least getting the the you're at least paying money that's already allocated and it's a big promotional event for all your players not just your top players if hasbro reached that conclusion without the hedge fund <laughs> there's probably no way the hedge fund comes back you like, oh no wait yeah let, let's pay the pros yeah i don't think that's gonna be it i like i said it, between any i honestly feel that sometime later this year rolling into 2023 we'll be back on some type of qualifier system at stores going to Grand Prix again, you know, the top eight or 16 getting qualified for big tournaments. 
I think we're just going to be back in that routine. And the prizes may probably be better than they were before, but I don't think we're going to have at least not paid pros by the manufacturer. I, and, and again, that's not a thing that exists in any other games. Like yeah. Riot doesn't pay the top 50 esports players directly, right? There are esports teams that manage them, pay them, get sponsors, whatever. And then Riot runs the tournaments that they play in. And if we can get to that world, sure. But I don't know how much money it takes to come in to make some of these esports teams want to invest in a Magic team. Like, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you what that's going to be or what the triggers would be for that. So, yeah, I just don't think we're there. It may just be a thing that because of the nature of Magic as a game in the community, because you can play all the time with people anywhere you can play digitally, you can play physically, whatever. It just may not lend itself to traditional electronic esports competitive presentations and outlines. I just don't think it lines up the same. And I get that people want to say that like, oh, well, this game does this and this game does that. Or, you know, like we were talking about on on Twitter the other day. I think it was a merchant that pointed it out which is something I've said forever was that you have to stop looking at how many viewers a game has on Twitch as to how popular or how a game is and what it's doing because people, I mean, hell, I think the example he's using was final fantasy online, right? Most popular game or at least MMO of the last couple of years. At one point, I think when he was mentioning it, it only had like a thousand viewers during regular what was around noon in the U.S. Pacific time. Yet Magic had like 3,000. Like, are, are we going to say Magic's that much better than Final Fantasy or whatever? No, we are not. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like, but but that's the logic, right? Yeah. When people see another game and go like, oh, well, they've got 10,000 viewers right now watching their things, and we only have like 2,000 watching Magic. And it's like, okay, cool, but... You're going to say they're failing, but then you're going to be also mad at Wizards when they say we did a billion dollars in sales last year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't like you can't complain about both things. Like, there has to be a correlation at some point that you're willing to accept. Like, they may not also know, like, you can make a lot of money without also having all your money in streaming or whatever. Right. Like, that's there are different models that work for different games. And we've said it before, like apples and oranges, because you can't like. Even Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and whatever are significantly different than Magic. Right? Those have actual video game brands pushing their games. Hell, in Yu-Gi-Oh!, the brand basically is the game. Yeah. <laughs> like it's al- almost the same, right? So the way those are marketed, the way those are presented, whatever, are completely different. And they appeal to different audiences, different age groups. You know, like it, it's all very different. And we talked about it a few weeks ago where, you know, Runeterra basically makes no money. Not saying that the game's terrible or anything, but you do That's sometimes have a lot of people watching Runeterra, but Runeterra is not making any money. And don't be wrong, I'm not saying it's a failure, but when you compare it to the scope of either the company or, you know, even comparing it to what Wizards is doing or whatever, like Runeterra is not making very much. It's basically a side project for Riot. Probably, like I said, maybe even training wheels for their developers or whatever. 
which isn't bad, but to just use those numbers doesn't mean much. So again, this kind of comes back to if we drum up all this attention and more people are watching pro play or whatever, like does that generate more money? I don't know, maybe, but you know, the research needs to be done and you know, all that behind it. But yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to wrap up there this week. We don't have a major dinner table topic conversation that I think we need to dive into and we're already well over the hour. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll just leave that here. Let people kind of stew on that. Think about it. Hopefully we at least presented some facts brought stuff to the table that people may not have known or hadn't looked up. But yeah, do some research, look further into the whole Alta Fox thing, look into their history. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. I'm not saying I'm making them out to be the bad guys. They they may be perfectly fine, honestly, but I'm not ready to put them on a pedestal like everybody else. Like I understand they're trying to do business and they're not even hiding the type of business they're trying to do. So keep that in mind when you're having your conversations. But Brian, tell people where they can find you on social media. All right. I am Brian Sionic on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And I just want to say, man, just enjoy life. I think too often we get caught up on trying to be serious and trying to be adults and whatever. Like, enjoy being a kid sometime. You know, grab you a pack of gummy bears and enjoy it. Play a silly game. Like, not everything has to be super serious all the time. Don't forget to live life. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 